Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Appreciate you for worshiping with us this morning and for uh, being willing to uh, just connect together today uh, in, in the house that is dedicated to honoring the Lord. You know, uh, Sunday is kind of a term that we use just because of the way that we've adapted our society, but believe me, uh, had a different term for today that they would use. Uh, they would call today, historically, the Lord's Day. And so, uh, and they would use phrases like, the Bible describes as this being the day that the Lord has made and us rejoicing and being glad, right? That was the understanding. Obviously, uh, there were some differences uh, in the way that idea was understood. Uh, but when Christ came and when he died and when he ascended and the church was born, uh, you see a clear understanding of what this day meant for believers. And so it's a special day for us to gather every day we get a chance to do so to know that we can honor the Lord and uh, we can lift up our praises to Him because He is worthy of our praise. Amen? Amen. So I want to thank you for, uh, again, being here with us today. It's our first fruits. So uh, after service today, we're going to enjoy uh, some hot dogs, some hamburgers, and just some good food, some good air conditioner. Uh, and it'll be great, right? You guys are all sitting too close to each other today. That's what happens. You're, you're too, too close. But uh, the best air conditioner in the place is where we're going to be eating. And so it's 90 degrees outside. Nobody wants to go out in that. So just stay here and eat with us, and it'll be, it'll be a good time. But Keith is out uh, cooking the hot dogs and hamburgers, and so we appreciate him for uh, doing that for us. Uh, and for so many of you who have brought food, uh, who are here uh, to celebrate with us, uh, we're very thankful to be able to do that. Because it's not just our first fruits, but it's also uh, the 4th of July weekend. And so we are celebrating our freedoms. And so we, we don't take those for granted. Uh, and so uh, we celebrate today uh, because so many have uh, sacrificed. Uh, and we still believe, uh, for all of its faults, that America is a country uh, that if somebody wants to honor the Lord and live for Him, that they have the freedom to do so. Uh, and so we're thankful for that, to be, for even to be able here to gather together. There are believers in other parts of the country that don't have this freedom. Whether they're doing so uh, in secret, uh, with their lives at stake. Uh, the biggest sacrifice that most of us have to go through in order to get to church on a Sunday is whether or not um, we get to Starbucks in time um, to get here on, on time or uh, if we get here in time to eat breakfast, right? So we don't understand the struggle sometimes that other people do. I'm not saying that it's wrong if you do that. We, we have these amenities available because we want you to, to, to come and enjoy those uh, times together. But it should help us on days like today think about how thankful we should be for all the blessings that we have to be able to, to do that. And so uh, we're honored to be able to do that. We're thankful. I'm glad to be able to do that. And so we want to celebrate that today. And so at the end of service, Joseph's going to come up uh, and say a prayer for our nation and say a prayer over our food to close us out. And when we do that, we'd love for you to pray with us. 
uh, that God would continue to pour out His Spirit on this land, that He would continue to open eyes of those who don't uh, have faith in Him, and that we would continue to see people uh, in this country uh, come to Jesus in a powerful way and continue to make an impact in the world for the kingdom. Uh, That's our hope and prayer today. And so we want to continue uh, in this thought with uh, getting into our study on Healthy Home. Uh, We appreciate Pastor for being with us last week and sharing the powerful message she did on Psalm 77. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to hear it, uh, we'd love for you to go back and listen to it on our YouTube page or on our Facebook pages. But she preached a powerful message, uh, and and I just have been so um, inspired by even just the way that she broke down how sometimes the way of the Lord is through the water, right? And how the struggle sometimes that we go through. And it was just a powerful way of connecting it to our baptisms that we had last week. And so uh, we want to continue with that momentum today as we get into it. But I wanted to, to just honor her again for her faithfulness uh, to the Lord. And so before we get into the message, I want us to kind of get our hearts and minds ready for it. Okay? So I want us to, to, to pray together so that when we get into the message that we're ready to receive it today. And so that we can uh, all be on the same uh, wavelength today. So can we pray together today? Well, we pray that you would guide and direct us. That you would continue to make your presence known to us, Lord. That you'd shine your holy light in and through our gathering today. Lord, so that we may discern with clear vision, Lord, your presence among us. That you're speaking to us. That you're revealing your truth to us today. And Lord, help us to partake with worthy intention the mysteries of your presence, God. The mystery that you have provided for us today, God. That you've revealed to us through Christ. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you've been reading Healthy Home, you know that we're at the chapter we talk about the golden rule. Uh, And if you haven't read it yet, um, we have some available in the foyer. You can purchase them. Uh, they are $10 here on site. We have digital copies. Uh, if you want to get it for Kindle, it's $5.99. But all the proceeds go toward uh, building churches in Peru. We've already been able to build one church. We have the funds to build another church, uh, and we're working on building, uh, getting the funds for uh, another church so that when, we, when they go back in January, we'll be able to hopefully uh, help them um, build two churches while they're there, in addition to the one that we already have. And so we're very thankful for what the Lord is doing. We really feel like we're, we're literally building the kingdom. Uh, as God is uh, establishing us here in this area, we're also able to minister to so many of those. And so Steve and Kim are going to be here in August uh, to give us an update on the work in Peru. And so we're very thankful for what God is doing through them, uh, through Amazon Outreach and through Kingdom Alliance Ministries. Uh, they're going into other parts of, of the world, into Brazil uh, and, and different places. And so uh, we're thankful for their uh, faithfulness. And we want to continue to support them. And so one of the things that we're going to be praying about in August when he comes is the potential of us actually taking some, some people and going there and helping build churches. Um, not just sending the resources, but actually going there and helping build churches. And so we just want to see what the possibility would look like of that, of going on one of those groups. Um, from the pictures that Steve has shown us in the past, uh, the churches and the places they're going in now are pretty remote. And so uh, it's kind of one of those... Um, uh, if you're going to explore the, the North Pole kind of thing, uh, write-ups like uh, potential for hurt, harm, and danger. If you're okay with walking through bodies of water, holding your luggage, uh, and you're sleeping under the, the, the stars at night around all these, these wildlife, then this is the place for you. you 
sign up, right? And most people are like, all right, let's go, man. Adventure awaits. Uh, and it will be an adventure. But it's a rewarding adventure because we are going literally where people can't go. Uh, and intentionally going in there and building a place for people to gather and worship. And so uh, it's a powerful thing. And so just supporting it is powerful enough. But if we can get a chance for people to go and help participate in that, it would be pretty powerful. Um, we have history there uh, in Peru uh, in building churches there. Um, I think we got the best from Peru here with us. But uh, we still care about the folks in Peru uh, that are there. Um, but we love um, Elsa and Gigi and their whole family and um, we're thankful for them. Um, when the missionary comes, they always remind him that they're from the city. So he talks about all the remote places. Because Peru is a fascinating place. They're always like, no, 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 we're in the city, right? We're, we're in the city. So, uh, yeah. So, so it, it's a totally unique place in the fact that you can have industrialized cities, but then also have very remote places. Um, so it's a pretty fascinating place. So pre- be praying about that as we, as we think about that today. So let's get into healthy home. What does a healthy home look like? We've been talking about how God values the home, how we need to focus our hearts on it, and how uh, the role of a home, what it plays, and uh, the dynamics of a civilization, and in, in, in building uh, stability in, our, in a child's life, and, and in having a support system around you. And so it's a, all those very vital components. But for us, I think as we're breaking this down, to take it to the next level, of the golden rule in our homes is an important dynamic uh, that we uh, need to focus in on today because I believe we can be encouraged today by it as we go through it. And so Matthew 7:12 says, Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now some translations might be more familiar to us uh, where it says, Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But the message that the golden rule provides for us is a message of treating others the way we would want to be treated. And so in the confines of a home, that is an important dynamic. And so we're going to look at some practical ways that we can do that in relation to how we communicate, how we handle conflict, and how we value our time and our resources. And then we're going to break those things down to see how we can apply those to our lives. And we're going to see even how uh, the Apostle Paul spoke to the churches about some of these topics. And so hopefully as we leave here, we'll be encouraged that we have a choice in our lives uh, to be healthy. We have a choice in our lives to develop the patterns, healthy home. We have the choice in our lives to continue to to walk in uh, victory. And so we want to look at this today. And so the golden rule, firstly, applies to uh, our homes and how we communicate. Now I have to say in the spirit of communication that uh, first service ended around 1015. So you guys got a good chance that you're going to get out of here before 1 o'clock uh, today. And so I just want you guys to not be alarmed if you look at your watch and it's only 12.15 and we're gone. But the golden rule applies to how, how we communicate in our homes. And communication is an important component in a healthy home. And one of the ways that communication has to be filtered through in order for it to be done in a healthy manner is if it is done with humility. Now, how many are pretty humble in here this morning? There you go, right? That's right. <laughs> We're all pretty humble people, right? Uh, but humility is an important component of a healthy home and of uh, 
a dynamic that helps us to grow where we need to grow, right? So humility has to reign in our homes for healthy communication to exist, right? And so part of walking in humility in our home, trying to let the golden rule win out in the way that we communicate in our lives, uh, we have to know that there are components about humble activity, humble mindsets, humility in the form of communication that involve practices like active listening. Has anybody ever heard of what active listening is? Right? I, have to, I had to learn this as I was studying active listening. I was not very good at listening. Most people think they're good at listening. Because most of you have already, if you've read the book, you've probably gone, I know what he's going to say, so I'm just, I'm checked out. Or you're really into a game of tic-tac-toe and you, you're tired of getting cats and you want to you wanna, you wanna win. And so you're focusing on that. And you think you're listening because you're a multitasker, right? You can do both. But we're not very good listeners by nature. And so we think we're listening and we think we've got a picture of what somebody is trying to say. And oftentimes we will base our opinion, our decisions off of uh, those ideas that we think they're saying. In reality, active listening is involved, uh, involves actually, actually listening <laughs> and listening to understand, not listening to uh, get what they're trying to say so that you can talk or you can move forward. Active listening is a, an, a vital component uh, in a humble home. And so we're going to look at some practical ways that active listening uh, can be used. And if we will hone in on these components and humble ourselves before them, we will find out some important truths about our lives today. And so there are several vital behaviors that active listening involves. The first thing that we see that active listening involves or requires is that it requires the speaker uh, to give undivided attention without interruption or distraction, right? If somebody is talking to you, and you are giving them your undivided and uh, unbroken attention. There's no interruptions. You have a higher chance of being able to listen effectively. But how hard is it to not get distracted when someone's talking to you, right? To not be interrupted or to not have any kind of uh, divisive things that split your attention. It's very hard for us to do that. Mostly because uh, just the idea of us having to sit still and discipline our minds to listen to someone is difficult at times, right? Because probably in this conversation now, I've said things that have triggered your mind to think of other things, and you're thinking about something totally different right now. But you're smiling at me, and I think you're listening to me, but you're thinking about something else. Our brains work that way, right? So it's very difficult for us to, to not get distracted, right? And I've even had conversations with people uh, who are so uh, off track of what we're talking about because I've said something that's triggered that they'll even start talking about something totally different in the conversation. You ever had that happen? You're like, I wasn't even done talking about what I was talking about, but here we are now talking about this. I don't think they're really listening to what I'm saying. Um, but there are all kinds of distractions and things that cause us to have a difficult time with understanding things, interruptions. If you have children, you know that uh, young ones especially, at times they have to learn the nuances of how to communicate properly. And so for our children, they're oftentimes coming up and talking to us uh, while we're talking to someone else or to each other, and we have to remind them, hey, we're talking, you need to wait. Um, and they're learning that. We want them to know that what they have to say is valuable, but it has to be done in an appropriate way because we want to give them the attention that they deserve. 
We also want to give the people that we're talking to the attention that they deserve as well. Because if you don't do that, you can miss out on things. And if we're not humble enough to realize that it's possible that we will miss out on something, then we'll never grow in our communication skills. Does that make sense? If you don't realize, you know what? It's possible for me to misinterpret things. It's possible that what I assume is being said here may not actually be what is being said here. And I need to be humble enough to realize that. And so assuming is a big problem when it comes to communication. And my father used to always tell me about assuming. Um, if you assume, then you guys know the rest. Of it. I can't really say it here. But assuming does two things, right? That's what my father used to always tell me. And so you guys can look that up later. Not right now. But we cannot assume that we think we know what the other person is saying and then base our opinions, our actions off of that. Healthy communication involves us humbling ourselves and going, you know what, I, I may not know exactly what they're saying or why they're saying it, but I want to know, so I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to engage with them. I'm going to do so in a way that I'm not uh, you know, interrupted or I'm not pulled away. And if you find yourself in situations often where you're having interruptions and distractions, then you need to hold off on having some of those conversations. Right? If you have a, a conversation that needs to be had, but you don't know that you can give it uh, uninterrupted, uh, under, you know, distracted attention, then you need to wait. So, in addition to us not being great listeners, we're also sometimes not very patient when it comes to communicating. Right? If we th think something needs to be said, we're just going to say it. And the other person has to either, they just got to take it. But oftentimes that creates that tension that makes communicating very difficult. And so for some people, they just give up trying to talk it out. And they, they will potentially get to the point where they have these outlandish thoughts, right? I can't talk to you. Nothing ever makes sense. And really, it's probably just a timing thing than it is anything else. And so that's important. The second thing is, is active listening involves asking clarifying questions to ensure that the listener fully understands the speaker's message. Again, we're getting into assuming here, right? If somebody's telling you something, our fundamental response should be to make sure that we understand what they're saying. Not to go, oh yeah, I get it. I know what they're saying. And then base our opinion off of that, right? It's a dangerous position to be when we don't carry that humility into asking clarifying questions which could mean something like hey you said this and I'm not really sure what you meant when you said this my initial response was this but can, can you help me understand what you mean when you say this because I feel this way when you say it now some of you guys are like holy smokes that's already cutting to the hundred words that I give to any conversation that I have with people if I have to ask those questions I might as well just not talk <laughs> no you have to you have to because if you don't, you're never going to get to really meaningful conversations. Uh, you're going to just think you know what's going on, right? I'll tell you a funny story one time. I was thinking about this. We think sometimes the world works the way it works because it's the way it works in our brains. And so, like, uh, you guys know Tim the drummer, right? We love Tim. Tim grew up thinking that his mom, Nancy, loved washing the dishes, Because she would probably say things in sarcastic ways. I love washing the dishes, right? So Tim grew up thinking that was one of her favorite things to do. And when he became an adult, he realized that she didn't like washing the dishes very much. She just did it because 
they needed to get done, and she was willing to help her family out, right? And so that was one of those things where he understood the nuances of what she was saying. He could have said, Mom, when you say that you enjoy washing dishes, are you being sarcastic? Now, some people say, well, duh, she's being sarcastic. But, but for some of us, those are real-life moments where we need to say, hey, your tone sounded like you were angry. Are you angry? And if you are, did I do something to upset you? And if so, can you help me understand what I can... Instead of going, oh, you want to get smart, huh? Well, I will reciprocate. And we'll see how that goes. And it never goes well, right? That's why uh, people who are in the uh, mental health field, psychology field, counseling field... um, probably don't want me to tell you that that's not a healthy way of communicating because then they won't, they, you won't go to them. <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot of ways. Now, Selena and I had to go through counseling because after 10 years of us walking together as a couple, we learned that we couldn't talk to each other. We didn't know how to talk to each other. We thought after 10 years, 90% of it, spending it together, that we'd, we'd figured out how to communicate to each other. No, it wasn't until we had to go and have somebody help us because we had developed such healthy habits in the way we communicated. And a lot of it had to do with this part right here, where if she thought I meant something because I had a tone, then it would completely make her feel something totally different. And then for me, I'd, I'd be like, why are you angry at me? I wasn't mad at you. Or, or it could be nonverbal communication, right? You come in, and you don't do something, and then it becomes this, right? All these things matter. And so in the heat of battle, some people respond in a, in a destroy and conquer way. Other people have a, you know, over, overstimulated hypothalamus and then they kind of like black out and they don't even, can't put their words together sometimes. And so there's so many different dynamics to those moments that you have to be willing to go, okay, hold on, when you said that, what did you mean? Because in a, in a, in a, in a conversation, you have to be able to have those practices. And so asking clarifying questions matter. So I can show you, I can, I can pull out my, um, my awareness wheel, and I can show you guys what we had to go through in terms of communication training, where I had to step on a wheel, and I had to, I had to she couldn't talk, I had to talk, and so I would literally turn this way, and I would say, in the past, when we did this, this was, and then I'd have to come here, and what I'd like to happen is this, and I couldn't talk, right? Can you imagine how fun that was for me? It was some of the most stimulating and miserable times of my life. But I'm also very thankful for because I learned how to communicate with her. Because we just didn't have those habits, right? And so I don't want you guys to cast this off and go, oh, whatever. You know? I know what she's trying to say. We're good. You really probably don't. (laughs) And you ought to at least approach it by going, you know what? I I want you to tell me what you're thinking. And I want to listen to you. That could be with children, that could be with coworkers, that could be with siblings, that could be with, with spouses, that could be with, with anyone. These, these patterns are helpful. And so <clears throat> it's important. But the third component is actively listening involves giving feedback to the speaker, uh, such as nodding, making eye contact, providing verbal cues that indicate understanding and support, right? So if you were talking to somebody, and the whole time you were talking, they were looking down at their phone. Now, some of those nuances have changed because of um, just the way that people focused, right? Um, 
And so, did you guys see, my, have you seen my Facebook profile picture? It's a beautiful portrait of me standing up here in all my ray of glory up here. And, and that, was, that was a beautiful picture that was painted or was drawn by Avery. He um, did it while I was standing here uh, preaching one Sunday. And I love it because that, that helps her stay focused, right? Tim, Tim's very similar to that. If you see, she, she's drawing a new picture. That'll be my new photo. Let me stand like this, more like that, see? Tim's similar. He'll have his tablet and he'll be doing this. And sometimes you think he's not paying attention. But everybody's brains are different, right? Now, I believe you guys are not tic-tac-toe or you're the line game. I did a lot in church where, where you, um, everybody draws a line. You're trying to get the squares. You ever did that? I used to dominate in church, right? You can ask Shannon. She would sit behind me. She's always been a great influence in my life. She would sit back there in the back row and we would play the game during church. Um, and I was, got pretty good at it. So I know sometimes we can get, we can get off track. But there are, there, there are certain things when you're communicating with someone in meaningful conversations that you need to have that contact, right? You need to have eye contact. You need to engage. You need to, because that helps you stay connected to them, right? And so those things are important. But all of these three components, when it comes to active listening, really kind of get their focal point in if we're bringing it back to humility and we're bringing it back to trying to uh, think about the other person in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, when he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And so this is a component that we see sometimes in our society where we like to promote and elevate ideas of like self-care, which we need to have those moments, right? We need to have opportunities to refresh. We need to have opportunity to be able to, to connect, right? But then there are also times where we can let our desire for self-care cause us to be so self-centered that we don't realize that, that we are not giving other people the time and energy and the focus that we need. And we could think at times that the world may revolve around us. Or may think we have an unhealth... What, what, what did the psychologist told me? I had an unrealistic, heightened, uh, yeah, perception of reality or myself, right? I'm like, what are you trying to say? No. <laughs> anyway, God bless her. I had to pay her that money to tell me how poor I was. But um, it's become quite therapeutic for me to stand in front of the mirror and tell myself how bad I am. No, <laughs> I know I'm the problem. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that happens in, in any any dynamic of a home in a relationship is you have times where you gotta learn to communicate but you guys know uh there are also times where uh the golden rule applies to how we handle conflict how many of you have ever had fights in your house before right you guys are fortunate and blessed because your fights don't come within 50 square feet of the place you also work right and so there are times where selena and i have to use the nursery for instance as like uh the line of um of yeah, yeah, so we're like, okay, all right. Once we cross this threshold, all the things that happen over here, we got we to gotta let those go, right? And so sometimes it bleeds into the nursery, but oftentimes, you know, we, we would have, if we're, if we're disciplining the kids or if we're having a conflict, we're trying to figure out healthy ways of doing that. We've all, we've all been in those moments where you walk in the church after having some sort of, of dramatic trauma and some sort of scuffle, and then you got to stand in front of everybody and go, 
Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Right? We all have that moment. Right? And we went, hi, babe. And so we have that moment where uh, I got to act, I got to stop acting up. She's in here now. Um, but we all have those, whatever brings them to church, right? <laughs> we all have those moments where, where we have conflict. And so we don't want to be ignorant of the fact that things happen, right? Um, but there has to be a healthy way of communicating in those moments of conflict. And if we don't find healthy ways to, to handle conflict, uh, we can find ourselves uh, in a very difficult place. So as much as humility is important when it comes to active listening and communicating in a way, and as much as Paul would have the church of Philippi connect to this truth when he was talking about consider others more than you do yourself and look for ways to to be with others and to bless others. Forgiveness is a major component in how we understand conflict. But forgiveness can be difficult, especially when we may feel deeply hurt or wronged. But the reality is, is forgiveness is crucial to building healthy relationships. Right? If, if we, if Selene and I uh, parent children in an unforgiving way, at times we could say, you know, as five and six-year-olds, you know, you know the, the lessons change when you get older. But at five and six, if we were to say, hey, I want you to do this, and if you don't do this, <laughs> it's over for you, <laughs> right? I will no longer help you anymore, right? No, at five and six, we're resilient that we may have to tell them a few times to teach them lessons. We may have to do that, right? Now, as they get older and things progress, those, those timelines may change. And they should, right, when you're, when you're trying to, 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 to parent children. But, but parents who have a desire to see their children grow will always have a tendency to forgive their children when they fall short of what they've told them to do. And then they'll use that as a moment to teach them, right? Because parents are that way. But even though we may not always think about it this way, it's the same thing when we talk about with other people as well. Right, so if you have a friend conflict with, if our goal isn't to walk in forgiveness because of whether they said something or did something, then we're never going to handle conflict in a healthy way. Because sometimes you have to just go, all right, what can we do to, 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 to get past this so we can move forward? And genuinely have a heart where you want to see growth happen. Because forgiveness allows us to move past the hurt and anger and work towards rebuilding trust and intimacy in our relationships. So we have to have forgiveness. Now the Bible talks about forgiveness in a very powerful way. It says that we don't offer forgiveness to people that the Lord may not forgive us. And that's harsh sometimes to think about that we may not receive forgiveness if we are unwilling to forgive others. So when it comes to our relationships in our homes and in these dynamics, we have to be willing to recognize that when we're in conflict, we can't just both stay the course. We've got to be willing to go, okay, what's it going to take for us to, to move past this? And to communicate how we feel about these moments. Conflict is an important thing. You know, some of the best advice that uh, most couples get when they're walking into any uh, marriage union is, uh, don't go to bed angry, right? 
Now, there's different philosophies on that. You know, there are many times Selena and I went to bed angry, and it probably was better than, than doing that. Sometimes we've stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning talking things out. You guys are probably like, I'll just deal with it tomorrow, man. <laughs> but sometimes you have, to, you have to talk things through, right? But the Bible talks about anger in a, in a very important way. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your angry, on your anger. So how can we be angry, right? How can we have conflict? How can we have strife, but not sin? It has everything to do with what our perspectives are and what our purpose is, what our intentions are, right? So some people, when they fight, they only know one way to fight. My father used to tell me there's no such thing as a fair fight. So I had to walk back from some of that because if we're talking about uh, you know, conflict, my dad trained me, hey, if you're going to fight with somebody, you, <laughs> you fight to win. And so that's not always healthy when you're talking about relationships, right? Because you're dealing with people you care about. And so I had to learn how to communicate in a way that if we were going to have conflict, that I didn't want to destroy the people that I loved in those conflicts. I wanted us to grow together. Now, other people, because of trauma, will oftentimes just shut down when there's conflict. And they, won't even, they don't even like to deal with it. They, won't, they don't want to address it because it's... They, they, they just can't handle those moments. So there's all different kind of ways that we can struggle in those moments, but the Bible clearly says that we have, if we're going to handle conflict, and we are going to have conflict, that we have to do it in a healthy way so that we're not letting uh, sin reign in those moments because that is a problem that we see all throughout the world. Now, John Dewey said this about conflict and about struggle and about stressful situations. John Dewey said the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. Right? If, if I'm in conflict and we are in the middle of uh, this stressful moment, I have the choice to choose one thought over another in that moment. And that's where healthy activity starts to come in. So I could, I could say, you know what, I, I, need to, I need to pull back here. I need to, we, need to, we need to try a different approach here. What we're doing is we're just, we're just continuing to go down into this into this, and we need, to, we need to pull back from this. See, we have that ability to choose one thought over another. We can choose to continue to walk in unforgiveness. We can choose to continue to hold something over someone's head. We can choose to continue to, to be in conflict, or we can try to take steps to break it. It doesn't always happen where both parties are that way. Sometimes one party has to go, all right, what, what can we do to try to move past this that happens in anything any dynamic right and so what do we choose to do in those moments matters thirdly the golden rule applies to our homes and how we prioritize our time and resources you know when i was a boy i loved sports loved it i used to when the baseball games were on the way my parents living room is set up it's almost about the size of, of where this stage is to the back door. And I would stand on one side of the living room with a, with a baseball and a glove, and I would, I would pitch into the couch as hard as I could. There's a spot on the wall where I missed just once. But, but I would do that for hours. I logged time, right? I, I used to name my baseball bats, my baseball glove. I'd keep them in the bed with me. I had like this real-life basketball goal in my room, and I have broken glass to show for but I, I, I literally love sports. I played them all the time. We used to play tackle football in the hallway. There's marks on the walls in there too. 
Uh, but there's so much activity that I loved about sports, right? But when I became a, a man, I had to put away childhood things, right? And I had to realize that I can't always devote my time to these types of things. Now, there are still things that I enjoy. You guys know that I'm a big Ohio State Buckeyes fan. And so I still have a soft spot for the Buckeyes and for Arsenal, um, the, the soccer team in England. I love those two. And so I watch those games still with the kids. Everything else I'll watch casually, um, but it's not as passionate for me, right? But there are things that I still struggle with when it comes to that, right? So like if I see somebody wearing a shirt from that team up north or colors that look like maize and blue, I'm like, I want to fuck that person. <laughs> Something about them that makes me want to punch them in the face. And I know adults shouldn't act that way, but I'm still struggling with that. And so uh, I, I have moments of growth that I still need to work on. But as my life has changed and as responsibility has been added to my life, I've had to realize that I need to manage my time and my resources in a healthy way. And so that means if I've got people in my life that depend on me, then I have to make sure that I spend time with them. My time to, 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 to making sure they're okay my time and my resources to making sure that they are getting what they need. It doesn't mean that I don't look after what I want, but it, it means that I want them to be okay. Because that's the golden rule, right? To do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And so our time and our resources matter. And what we spend our time on matters. Who we spend our time with matters. We may not think that those moments are worth anything, moments are priceless and so when it comes to just having a casual conversation with a friend when it comes to taking time to say happy birthday to 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 someone um, those moments are special when it comes to uh, spending time with 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 a child or doing something uh, with a, with, a, with a loved one managing our time and resources go a long way into us understanding uh, and having a healthy home and so how we communicate how we handle conflict, and how we prioritize our time and our resources matter. And if we understand these components, I think we can continue to walk in a way that bring God glory and honor. Because God wants us to have a healthy home. God wants us to have healthy relationships. God wants us to, to, to walk uh, in a healthy manner, even on the job, where, when we talk to somebody. These aren't just uh, confined to a husband and wife or a, or a parent or a child. They're, they're everyone can grow from these moments. And we know that as believers, we've been given an incredible privilege uh, to receive the goodness of God, to receive His forgiveness, and to walk in newness of life. But God did not free us from the bondage of sin and give us victory in our lives so that we could then uh, live in chaos in almost every relational aspect of our lives. Right? There, There are tools and things that we can put into practice that can help us to walk in victory. Right, the simple answer is, fix your eyes on Jesus, right? He's the author and finisher of your faith. But sometimes we're more inclined to use Jesus' name in other ways than we are to, to fix our eyes on Him as our Lord and Savior. And so in those moments, we have to know, okay, this is unhealthy behavior. I need to pull back and I need to, I need to, I need to operate in a way that, that He would have me operate here. Right, and we know that He laid down His life for us. He willingly humbled himself and did that. And so we need to follow suit in that when it comes to how we handle each other. And I think if we do that, we'll see God's hand uh, mightily uh, working in our lives. 
So I want you to think about that today. I'm going to pray with you. And then we're going to, we're going to take communion together. We're going to enjoy the blessing of being able to come down to this table and to partake of the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation that we didn't deserve, but we've been given access to it. And so as we are gathering our hearts and our minds, I'm going to ask you four questions. And so if you would, if you could bow your heads, let's just focus our hearts on that today. I'm going to ask you four questions I want you to think about. First question I want you to think about is how could you adjust the way that you communicate with others to be more loving? How could you adjust the way that you communicate with others to be more loving? Secondly, where and how could active listening help you the most? Now this is one that I really need you to answer intently in your heart and think about. Where could active listening help you the most? Number three, what can you do to prevent unhealthy conflict with others? What can you do to prevent unhealthy conflict with others? And fourthly, when do you make time to invest in others so that they feel seen, heard, and loved? Where do you make time to invest in others? When do you make time to invest in others so that they are seen, heard, and loved? You know, we have such an incredible opportunity to come down here and take of the cup and receive the bread of heaven knowing that it was not anything that we could earn, but something that we've been given as a gift. And it's a blessing to have that. And so when we think about that today, Let's focus our hearts on that today. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open. All desires are known. And from you, no secrets are hid. You know our hearts. You know exactly what we're going through. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse the hearts or the thoughts of our hearts, God. Cleanse our hearts. Cleanse those thoughts that we have, Lord, that we, that we would walk in the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, God. That we may perfectly love you that we may magnify your holy name. Lord, that you would continue to move in our lives and have mercy on us. That you pour out your spirit in our lives so that we can walk in victory today. That we could not uh, lose sight, God, of the hope that we have in you. And so, Lord, we confess today and things in our lives that we may have done that have not brought you glory and honor. But we ask for forgiveness for the things we've done in thought, word, or deed, Lord. By what we've done or what we've left undone in our lives. Lord, when we've not loved You with our whole heart or we've not been loving towards others as ourselves, we've not treated them as if we would want to be treated. Lord, we're truly sorry for that and we humbly repent in our hearts for those moments. But Lord, we ask that for the sake of Your Son, Jesus Christ, that You would have mercy on us and forgive us today. Lord, that we could delight in Your will and walk in Your ways and bring glory to Your name, God. Lord, may You move in our hearts and our lives. May You continue to reveal to us Your truth, God. Lord, we can come to You and we can receive rest. Lord, we know that on the night that 
you were betrayed, you took the cup and you took the bread and you gave it to your disciples and you said, do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, we celebrate today the memorial of our redemption. That in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving that we offer you these gifts out of humility. We pray that you sanctify them by your word and your Holy Spirit to be for us, your people, the body and the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and that you sanctify us today, that we may worthily receive today of this holy sacrament and be made one body with Him, that He may dwell in us and we in Him, and in the fullness of time put all things in subjection under your Christ, and that you would bring us, all your saints, into the joy of your heavenly kingdom, where we will be able to be with you face to face. But we thank you for this time because these gifts that you have given us, the gifts of God for the people of God, they have been given to us so that we can walk in newness of life. And so with that, Lord, we come to you as our Father. And we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we do not presume to come to this Your table trusting in our own righteousness. Lord, we are unworthy. We are unworthy, God. But only in Your abundant grace and mercies have You made it available to us. Lord, because we're not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under Your table. But you're the same God whose character is always to have mercy. And so we pray that you grant us the grace today to eat the flesh of your dear son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, the cup of salvation, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and that our souls washed by his most precious blood. His Holy Spirit would come in and fill us today that we would evermore dwell with him in our lives. Lord, have mercy on us and grant us your peace today. We thank you for these gifts. May we take them in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. May we feed on him in our hearts by faith. We thank you today for the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. May we receive today in remembrance of you. Would you come today? Let's partake together. If you need prayer for anything as you come down here, we'd love to pray with you. But would you make yourself ready to come down and let's partake of the gifts of God today. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that brings glory to God. So thank you guys. Take care.